Hello, you're listening to Recommendations for My Taku Spouse. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. In this episode, I recommended for Wes, I think this is actually probably the longest running thing that I've recommended for you to partake in. It's been definitely going on in the background for a couple of episodes. Yes. And I've perhaps alluded to it. Well, not just that, but I mean the fact that I've been recommending this to you for a long time. I believe the fact that I said I wouldn't marry you until you played it. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that? Okay. I made you play Final Fantasy IX, the best Final Fantasy ever. Lies. Lies and slander. No, no, no. We'll get back to that. (laughs) (laughs) So Final Fantasy IX is a Final Fantasy game. Surprise! That's probably all you need to know if you've never heard of Final Fantasy. Quelle surprise! But one of the things I, I do... can speak French because the main character is a French name. Zidane is a French name. Zidane. Mm, really? What? Yeah, it's a French name. I did not know that. It's hundred percent a French name. Okay. And in the Japanese spelling of the name, it's pronounced with a French Zidane. Okay. Is how the French would say the name. I did. I had honestly had no idea. Oh well, we're all learning something. Yay! <laughs> Well, actually, there's one thing I wanted to say is that because this game is 20-something years old, 21 years old? 99, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was or was it? I think it was 99. years old. So yeah, 22 years old. Um, we will be delving into spoilers. The swan song of the PlayStation era Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very last PlayStation 1 game. Really? Play, yeah. A whole PlayStation 1? Or oh, you just no, no. Final... I mean Final Fantasy. The okay, last, I was about the last... to be... PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy. Okay, because I was about to say, whoa, that's more than I thought. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, so we will be going into spoilers. 21 years old and I just, 22 years old and I just finished it. Yay! Yay! Well, the reason I've been telling you to play it forever and because it's the best Final Fantasy ever Lies. is because I it was one of my first games. It was Baby Jen getting into video games for the first time. I definitely played other games before 9, but I remember my sister coming home being like, oh, my friend recommended this game to me and I thought we could play it. And then I played it with my sisters and then I got ahead of my sisters and then I finished it and just that I was hooked. It was just, oh, it was so good. The beginning of the end. It was the beginning of the end. It was amazing. And then I never went back. So of course, the love of my life. Me. The apple of my eye. Still me. My Prince Charming. Wait, are you talking about me or Final Fantasy now? You. Okay. I'm talking about you. I had to make you play it. Yes. And you played the Steam port. I did play the Steam port. So? So. How is the Steam port, Wes? Horrible. <laughs> Completely and utterly wretched. But you're not talking about the game, right? No. Just the port. So, not to give away my review, but if you play Final Fantasy IX, which if you enjoy JRPGs, you probably should, don't play it on Steam. Square does two things. They remake and they port. And the remakes usually Do they have, remake? I mean, FF7 Remake, we did a whole episode on that. Yeah, And that was completely, that was definitely not a port. But that took 15 years. That's true. But and I, 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 find it, I find it actually really hard to not even recommend the ports because they used to be good at ports. But then they got really, really bad at ports. Because like the original FF7 PC port had issues. Um, from what I've heard, most of the phone ports have issues. I saw a picture of the Steam port of Final Fantasy VI, which I believe is just a copy of the phone version, and the sprites are ugly. 
And then you have this, which is what I played, because Jen kept saying play Final Fantasy IX, and I went, it's on Steam, I will buy it, and that'll make it easy, and I won't have to worry about anything. <laughs> and you regretted your life choices. I regretted my life choices. I mean, you didn't, you won't, you didn't have too many game-breaking bugs. So, I mean, beyond the things like leaving a battle and the music won't stop, and so you have the optional battle music playing over everything until you reset the game... Um, the bug where when I got to the final cutscene, it kept crashing, and mm. I almost thought I had to refight the final boss. Until thankfully, I didn't. Yeah, uh, no, the, that is. We're getting back. We're going to come back to that. The bug <laughs> where I was using a first-party Windows controller, like for to play this game, I went out and bought a controller for my computer because I wanted to play with the controller, even though I was playing on PC. And I was like, I'm going to get an Xbox controller because it's a Windows PC and they work with Xbox controllers, and everything will work fine, and I won't have to deal with bullshit. And Steam recognized it, and the game recognized it, which you could tell because all of the button prompts changed to match the Xbox button prompts, which you're like, hey, that's a cool thing. Maybe Square put a little bit of work into this. It also would randomly, so not consistently, but randomly have double enters of the button you pushed, Mm. which makes it really hard to play a turn-based RPG when you're like, oh, I want to cast a spell, and you hit it once, and it double selects so that you got your spell. And you're like, wait, I didn't get to choose my spell. Shoot. Yep. So there were fixes. So, And this is the other part that really annoys me with the whole thing, is that I found fixes for pretty much all of these on the forums, and they'd been there for ages. Mm-hmm. Yes. And no one could bother to update the game that they're still selling. And because it's a square port, it's not a cheap port. Like... The ones that I was talking about on mobile, on phones, they're charging $15 to $20 for games that are 20 years old that are broken, and they can't be bothered to fix them, because what do they care? They already got the money. Well, at least on PC, it's easier to fix some of the bugs you pointed out. If this was on, if those issues had happened on phone, you wouldn't have been able to see the final cutscene. Yeah, I would not have been able to see the final cutscene on my phone if I'd had the same problem. So the port is bad, but the game is still the same game, and it's hard. It's also hard to not recommend that people get the PC port because of the next thing I'm going to say. This was one of the, this was the last 2D, 3D Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. of the mainline. So all of the backgrounds were just gorgeously painted scenes, and then the characters would be 3D rendered on top of them. But because it was put onto a PlayStation, they had to downsample all those scenes, so they're very pixelated. And so when you buy the game on steam you get that where the backgrounds are all very pixelated but they're now rendering the characters at a much higher level of fidelity so you have these still low poly but highly rendered characters running around on these incredibly pixelated backgrounds but all the paintings still exist in incredible high definition and so fans went out and they found all of those paintings and they released a pack that you can buy that replaces them in the game with the high-resolution backgrounds, so it looks amazing. Again, this is what Square should have done, especially if they want to charge you fifteen to twenty dollars for it. And instead, you have to install a what was it? Oh, it's like seven, seven gigabyte, gigabyte. It's ridiculous. Fan port, fan patch, yeah. In order to fix the game to make it look nice. Shout out to Mogri Mod, by the way. If you do play it on PC, which it looks gorgeous when you've done all this, so I kind of want to tell people to do it, but it's just otherwise such a pain to do that I don't want people to do it. <laughs> it's it's a weird you feel conflicted i feel conflicted or you can go out and buy an original playstation one and the original version of the game and then play it that way yes especially because i feel like the pc port and the playstation port branched off 
before the PlayStation port ever finished. No, that, Not was, port, the, that was for Final Fantasy VII. That was for VII. That was okay, for VII. so we've had this conversation before. Yeah, we talked about that in the Final Fantasy VII episode. Yes. Because then everything in Final Fantasy VII that came out later was based off of the PC port because they lost the source code to the PlayStation port. Which happens a lot. Yes. With these things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But no, 9 didn't have that problem. Okay, I'm sorry. I misremembered. Especially because we already talked about this. <laughs> I'm sorry I misremembered. <laughs> so besides, besides it being buggy as all heck... And it didn't, these issues didn't pop up that often, but when they did, it was annoying. It was really annoying. But besides the buggy issues, what were your, what were your initial thoughts? Because there was a period where you played it to the village of Dali, which seems to be a lot of people play it up to Dali and then they either stop or they keep going. And you stopped at Dali and then you came back and started playing it again. So what were your initial thoughts? Dali is the village where they're making the mages. Yes. Yeah. Nine starts in a very similar way to seven, where you're in a city and you do a lot in the city, but you don't really get a chance to explore. And then you finally get out of the city. I think nine actually does kind of two cities. At the start, you only have the one. Yeah, but then you move over to... Limblum. Limblum. But that's after Dali. Was it? Mm -hmm. Oh, because yeah, because you have to get on the airship. Yeah. Um, It's going to sound horrible to you. I know. Up until that point, it's very generic. There was nothing that really grabbed me and said, do it. And I was dealing with the issues at that time of still having the double input bug, which was Mm. annoying me. And I was playing it on my computer, which added a level of annoyance for me, not just because of the other issues I was talking about, but it's gotten easier to play video games. And we've talked about this with regards to anime, where it's gotten easier to watch anime. And so to play the game on my computer, if I wanted to play it on the TV or something... I couldn't just sit down with like with a modern console and play the game. I had to go get my computer, set up the computer, plug it into the TV, load Steam, load the game, uh, do the workaround for the controller, and then I could play it. And sometimes that was just a pain to do. And then there was other things going on, so the story itself hadn't grabbed me by that point. And when you add in all the extra issues, it was kind of a, uh, there's other things to do. So at what point was it that the story did start grabbing you? Because you basically stormed through the ending of the game. Yes. Actually, pretty much, it felt like from the halfway point to the ending of the game, you were just like, whoosh. Yes. I think Dali also comes right after Grismo Clicado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that boss is really annoying. Yeah, because you have to play, fight him with just a day. No, no, that, that's the one that you do in the ice cavern. Yeah. I'm talking about the uh, grotto where you fight, where you're walking through like the old temple and you fight the giant flying thing. You have the fu- you have a full party of three for that. The flying thing? Yeah, there's a giant flying thing with wings that attacks you in this old temple. No, Dali is just after the ice cavern where you fight. Okay, well, uh, before Black you get Wolves. to the ice cavern, then I think you fight through Gizramulki Grotto. But there's a boss in there that was really annoying as well. Okay. And so I had felt before that that I had to, I'd had to grind a little bit. Ah, uh, okay. And I'm... I'm okay with doing some leveling in a game, but I don't like grinding. Because at that point, it almost feels to, like if if I'm actively avoiding battles and then I'm underleveled, that's on me. But if I'm not going out of my way to avoid battles and I then sit there and I'm like, I just don't have a chance at this, I get annoyed at a game because I feel that it's been poorly designed at that point. Mm. But I feel like it was also the expectation of Final Fantasy at that time that you kind of had to grind a little bit. Or they were expecting you to at least go exploring, which would then expose you to more bot fights, which would then give you more XP. That's true, too. 
Yeah, I don't know. It was, it wasn't even the world opening up. The world really doesn't open up in this game until really, really late into it. I feel. Mm, I think, I think it opens up more after Lindblom, and you have a little section of the continent that you can explore, and you find the Chocobo Forest, and some other things. And the marsh, yeah. But um, you didn't really do that. <laughs> I did both Chocobo's Forest and the marsh. I got Quinn at that time, and I had a Chocobo, and I did a little bit of hot and cold, but it not too much. Yeah. Because that seemed like one of those time sync type things yes yes it is and there's rewards you get for it but i was not about that to do that that's not my jam mm -hmm. so where do you think it, in the story it grabbed you i think probably in the ruins of bramicia mm. when you first see kuja and you have queen Braun just being completely nuts and you've got uh beatrix there as well and you kind of get a better feel for who you're up against mm. And what more of an idea of what's going on as well. Up until that point, as I was saying, it is just very kind of generic. And you do find, oh, they're manufacturing black mages. And you're like, okay. But they haven't really given you a reason to care. But by the time you get to Bermisia, this is a city that's been ravaged and destroyed. And the populace scattered. And so now, then you're, it's not just, you know, a child running away from home. Because mm. at the beginning, it's... I need to go kidnap a princess for unknown reasons. Oh, wait, she's trying to run away anyway. Yeah, she's like, oh, I have, an ask I have a favor to ask you. Can you kidnap me? What? <laughs> and so good. you're just kind of like, okay, I'm doing this because the plot demands it, but why? I mean, the queen is made to be grotesque in how she looks, but she you don't see anything about her. Mm. The soldiers under her are made to be buffoons. Well, under Steiner. And but Steiner those are the only ones we see Steiner. at that point. That's true. Because when you're kidnapping her, the only ones you run into are Steiner's soldiers who you immediately knock out and steal their armor and then say, why is this full of bugs? So you've got a grotesque queen, incompetent soldiers. A story needs a villain. Mm -hmm. And up until Brumisia, the story doesn't have a villain. Mm, that's a good point to and make. And that's why I think it didn't grab me. No, that's fair enough. But then once the story gets going and you find out more about the villain's plans and then you get... In my opinion, I remember when I first played it and it felt like there was like twist after twist after twist. Like, oh, Bran is the villain. Oh, no, Bran is not the villain. It's Kuja. Oh, no, Kuja isn't the villain. It's somebody else. I mean, Bran was the villain. Bran was the villain, but it turns out that she was kind of being mind controlled by him yeah. or heavily influenced, possibly yes. magically. And so it just has all these great, I don't know, what I, I remember feeling all of these great twists and very solid story from start to end. Did you, what did you think of the story? The story picks up in Bermisia, as I said, and I stayed with it right up until probably Terra. I think in- After Terra or in Terra? After Terra. Okay. In Terra is the game, so Final Fantasies now have a reputation. And I think the reputations of Final Fantasies stem from the PlayStation era. Mm. Because before that, they didn't do that as much. And what is that? It's this weird metaphysical bullshit that takes over the story <laughs> at the end of any Final Fantasy. Like, yeah. the, like FF7 Remake just decides, hey, for the last hour, we're going to go off the rails and talk about stuff that we haven't given any groundwork for, but we already complained about that, so I won't go back into it. Um, well, the original game was also, the ending was, sorry, ending spoilers for Final Fantasy VII original was Sephiroth going, oh yes, my mother is an alien that traveled the universe and I'm going to do the same by 
destroying this planet and becoming a meteor and traveling around. Yes. Because I can. And I haven't played eight, but you told me that the main story of that is travel through time to fight to defeat an evil witch. Yes. Sorceress, yes. but yes. Yeah, that that becomes weird, metaphysical, traveling through time. They everybody has amnesia, it turns out. It that one's a little weird. Yeah. And then in nine Coincidentally, if you just take the story that you just told about Sephiroth and you replace the name Sephiroth with Zidane, you have the same story where his, sorry, not mother, creator is the leader of a race of people on an alternate planet that travels around consuming other planets to maintain their own planet's life force. But the only people on this planet that you run into are a bunch of fellow clones like yourself because you and your older brother are too rambunctious and rebellious so he had to stop doing making them so good and instead he gets a bunch of people who just sit around and zone out i think you're wording it in a very confusing manner i i don't the the part where it, i felt it got really stereotypical final fantasy modern final fantasy a little is, too esoteric yeah i mean not even esoteric it's just it didn't need to be all that mm. it's about the point when the plot stops being shown and just starts the screen goes a little bit dim and the text is printed on the screen for five minutes during a cutscene uh, that you're kind of okay. like you just wanted to write a light novel didn't you <laughs> and that that it didn't lose me i understood everything that was going on but i also stopped caring as much because it wasn't it wasn't a human struggle anymore mm, it Before was we that, need to save the world but you can do a save the world story and still look at human emotions and all those types of things. Before that, to some extent, it was about the people in your party. And true. after that, it becomes this, we've created machines to distill the life force of a planet to suck it into another planet that exists in an alternate reality that eats planets. Hmm. And that's not a struggle. But it, they have to save the world. I get it, but... Well, at least at least the ending part you managed to get through very quickly. Yeah. So everything everything from we have a villain to uh, we need to save the world, everything between then was really strong, you think? Aces. Mainly because the villain they've chosen, by and large, is Kuja. You get the idea from the get-go that, oh yeah, sorry, this is the actual guy who I need to care about. Spot the bad guy. Yeah. Mainly because he's a pretty boy, and as I said before, Queen, Bra Queen Braun is grotesque. So she's not going to be the villain in a modern Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is. Now, the pretty boy can turn grotesque in a modern Final Fantasy, but they're not going to start that way. Spoilers, he doesn't for nine. Yay. He doesn't, no. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just, it's about when they take it too far, I think. I think if you'd kept it to him capturing Adelons to get revenge on a planet that you could even keep most of the Terra and the Garland stuff, I think. I think it's just that, I don't, they, yeah, they just stuck too much in at the end. Mm. That wasn't properly it's it's a foundation they didn't build a foundation for it they just kept adding stuff onto it at the end so you kind of get this weird jenga tower mm. where at the beginning you get this pyramid that's leading you up where you have everything feeding into it and at the end there is like and then we'll put a brick here and a brick here and a brick here and you're like eh. finally enough it looked like the final dungeon yeah which is a mismatch of everything put together yes so up to that point um you were saying that the characters in your party the story is kind of about the characters in your party somewhat yes somewhat and I think that's definitely Freya at the beginning. And then obviously Vivi. Vivi is probably... Vivi is one of the strongest, the strongest characters, characters going through the entire game. Which is probably why he is the most favored character ever. Like so, you see Vivi everywhere. So can I tell you my party at the end? 
<laughs> well, your party was the same as mine when I first went through Final Fantasy Nine. It's true. And actually the second time. It's true. And the third time. It's true. But yeah. So yeah. my party at the end was Zidane, mm-hmm. Vivi, mm-hmm. Eiko, and Steiner. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why, beyond just the fact that they were technically good? Why? Because they were the strongest characters. Personality-wise? Story-wise. Personality-wise yeah. and story-wise. If you look at the three characters that I left out, you have... I'm oh, sorry, four characters I left out. I almost forgot one of them. Um, <laughs> Ouch. You have Dagger, Garnet, yeah. who's the princess you kidnap at the beginning. And she doesn't get enough time to do anything. She spends the entire game being your damsel in distress. And even when she gets these moments of growth, she immediately ruins them by going right back to being a damsel in distress. I mean, she only fainted like 10 times, maybe? Okay, I, I know I know she is a damsel, but I really like her because she she does do a lot of growing. She goes from like this kind of boisterous princess into somebody who realizes the importance of the people around her. And she's also kind of messed up because she's seen so many places that she's been being destroyed, uh, mostly by her own powers. Under control of other people, but yes. Under control of other people. True, but... But, but she, needs, she needs to eat some vitamins and to build up her blood count so she doesn't... Faint all the time. Faint all the time. It would <laughs> she's, she's a little anemic. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I didn't include her in my party. Then you've got Freya. Freya starts off great. It's Freya's reason that you go to Bermesia, which I was saying that's where the story kicks off for me. And you deal with Bermesia, and then you go to, I can't remember the name of it, the tree where the other group of her people live. Clara. Clara, yeah. Um, and then she just hangs around for the rest of the game. Yeah. Her, she doesn't her, do anything else. Her story's resolved in Clara. Yeah. And and But she has like one of the most heartbreaking ones because her whole thing is that she's looking for her boyfriend and he's forgotten who she is and she's like to be forgotten is worse than death ah. but yeah no it is a shame that entirely sorted the moment you meet her and she never does anything again yes that is a shame that she doesn't really she isn't really that involved after that point after her you've got amaranth yeah amaranth and quinna have the least in terms of personality or story and amaranth really annoys me actually because he's a dick? No, I don't care about that. <laughs> um, you want to be the cool loner character who's too cool for school, that's fine. It's in every shonen thing ever. There's always going to be one of them. I don't care. And then he kind of has this whole little moment of realization. But after I finished the game, you told me, oh, well, that's because you didn't see his backstory. There's one bit where you talk to him, and you have to keep talking to him and push him to talk. Yes. And I'm like, well, if you wanted me to care about the character... You should have woven that into the main storyline because every other time you try to talk to him, he's a too cool for school type and he blows you off. So why am I supposed to know that during this one scene, I should keep pushing him until he talks? Mm. There's no indication. And so when you go to talk to him, and he goes, hey, I don't want to talk to you. Or hey, is this how you beat me? Or he just, you know, pretty typical blow off. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have time for this. I'm going to run around town and go find new gear and go fight monsters. It's it's one of those things that if you want a player to do something, don't punish them for doing that exact thing earlier. Mm-hmm. And so if he's going to continually blow you off, then if he does it again, I'm not going to keep talking to him. And well, I'm not going to put guess, him on my party. To be fair, he tells his backstory to Freya if, if you do that extra scene uh-huh. and if you select push him to talk about it. 
because he's not going to tell this stuff to his date. <laughs> <laughs> but even still, like I did all of the side story videos that mm. pop up. The active time events. Yes. You could have put it in one of those. <laughs> it, it, it was, but the option to see his backstory was in an option within the active time event. Well, yes, I didn't it, it was it. it was I a didn't little care. hidden. He didn't go in the party. <laughs> and then Fair you have enough. Quina, who's just comic relief. And an optional character for the first half of the game. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing, um, funny enough, is that there are no cuts besides the one scene in Brumusia. There really isn't any cutscenes with Freya, Amaran, or Quina, like animated CG cutscenes. Yeah, none at all. No, which is kind of telling. They don't matter. Yeah, I, I, they could have probably easily made this game with six characters. Can I? Instead revisit something that I that we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast. Okay, what? So you made a comment that you said you wouldn't marry me until I played this. Correct. And then you also made a comment that this was the best Final Fantasy. Correct. What you left out of that was that in return, <laughs> I said you had to play Final Fantasy four, and I played four. Which I'm not. I'm not. I technically played it. We're not. And I think we're not going to start that argument again. <laughs> and I think four is the best Final Fantasy. Yes. And I think that 4 deals with the multi-party aspect a lot better than 9. Because 4 is willing to kick people out of the party when they are not directly influencing the plot. And when you say kick, you mean literally get rid of. And not all of them die. Not ways. all of them die. <laughs> Sid goes off to hang out with the dwarves. Uh, no, not too many spoilers just in case people want to play it. Sid goes out to hang out with the dwarves. Okay. Lolly Ho. Which is where that reference comes from in 9. But, and I think that it works better because of that. They, you have your main cast, which in this game would be Dagger and Zidane and Vivi, mm -hmm. and then they mix, they add in. And for the first half and of the Aiko. game, Aiko to some extent, but she comes in a lot later. Mm -hmm. I'm saying from start to finish, your cast is Dagger, Zidane, and Vivi. Mm -hmm. And they are the ones most closely tied to what the story ends up being. Mm. And for the first half of the game, it does a much better job at keeping people around when they're directly influencing the story. Even when it's to the detriment of the player. Yeah, no, I, I agree that 4 definitely did a better job of telling, like you said, the human story, but, especially but, with the main character. But I think 9 started on that way. Mm -hmm. I just think it kind of fell off at the end when it's like, oh, well, now we're just going to add people and not remove them from your party. Mm. Because there was definitely bits in the beginning of 9 where like, shoot, I really wish I had Dagger with me, but I don't, so I don't have a white mage. Or dang, I could really do with my tank, where's Steiner? Or, you know, there's all these types of things that you want. And part of that, I think, I really enjoyed because it reminded me a lot of 4 and that every character is incredibly unique. Mm, yes. And that's something that a lot of Final Fantasies have lost. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, as soon as you got past 4, you went into 5, and 5 had a job system. So if you wanted every character to practically be clones, you could. 6 had the... Um, I can't remember what it's called, um, but it's essentially Materia, so they can all be clones. Seven had Materia, so they're all clones. Ten had the Battle Grid, so they're all clones. Uh, I mean, ten keeps it mixed up somewhat. Yes. But each... ten, ten, you could have it, so everybody had their own thing, but it also was easier in ten to swap out parties in the middle of a fight. Mm. So you weren't forced to keep the same people. But so I, I really did enjoy in nine that they went back to mm. every character was super unique, and so you had to figure out how do I do this part of the game without a white mage? Especially because there were a couple of sections that they forced you to play with certain characters. Like there's one fight where you just have Zidane and Quinna. So if you've yeah. been neglecting Quinna this whole time, you're screwed. Yeah. 
And I also neglected Quinnip because I hate blue mages. Fair enough. Thankfully, the system for blue mages in this game wasn't as bad as some Final Fantasies. I'm looking at you, six. <laughs> but I just cannot stand blue mages. I never think that they've done the system in a way that I find at all entertaining to play. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, that's one of the things I really liked is that obviously the story impacted certain parts in terms of how you played, how you fought. Mm-hmm. And there's one section where um, Garnet has just, her mum's just died, her kingdom has just been wiped off the planet practically. Yes. And so she is in shock and she has basically a mental breakdown and she cannot fight. Yes. And there's a bit where you were playing it and it was like, I just told her to heal. And it says that she can't concentrate. What the hell? And I was like, Wes, think about what just happened. Because you hadn't actually played with her until the point where you were forced to play with her. Yeah, as soon as I got Aiko, I phased her out. But then when you were forced to use her again, you're like, what the hell? She's not doing anything. Like, yeah, because she's mentally traumatized. She can't concentrate. Because no one else cared. No one else in the party cares about what happened. And I wasn't using her as a character. So, well, when yeah, I was, so no one cared and you didn't care. Well, that's it. No one in the party cared. And none of the people that I was using were in my party cared. So no one in the cutscenes cared. So all of a sudden when I had to use her as a character, it was like, oh, right. That was a thing. But I think that's definitely the Japanese approach of because they have the whole revelation of, oh, she can't talk anymore. And the doctor's like, oh, well, she'll get over it, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, selective mutism is definitely a japanese story thing yeah but it was it was because they were only putting it through one character and because i wasn't using that character i essentially missed out on that part of the story again i i personally liked that they had that as a as a gimmick that that how you fight is heavily influenced by what is happening in the story up to a point but i think again going back to my comparison to four it would have worked better if they'd forced her to be in the party well they did well, they did eventually, but they'd done it, you know, after enough of a gap mm. that it didn't... The the connection was lost because I'd spent too much time with people who didn't care about what happened. Yeah. I think at that point when I was originally playing it, I had... I was running around the world map trying to do things, and I was trying to use her or level her up. Oh. And so I think I realized a lot sooner before that event where you're forced to use her again. I think that's also getting into one of the things that you were saying... After about the halfway point, I just kept going through the game. Mm-hmm. There's another thing that turned me off at the beginning of the game. There's a dungeon that you're in, and you can explore all over the dungeon. And if you take the wrong <laughs> I ladder... Remember the, I remember this. If you take the wrong ladder... Like, there's a move... So, you use moogles in this game to save. Mm-hmm. And so you're going through a dungeon, and in every other dungeon in this game, when you find a moogle, it means A, you're on the right path, and B, you can save. And so you find a Moogle and you save, and then behind him, after he saves, he moves out of the way to reveal a ladder. And you're like, okay, I've played Final Fantasies, I'm supposed to go up this ladder. And you go up the ladder, and you instantly find a late-game monster that one-shots your party. Yeah. And <laughs> I got got by that one, too. The lesson that teaches me as a player is don't go exploring in places that you're not supposed to. No, I only does that at that one point. Okay, well, that's you the lesson that. that it taught me as a player yeah. is don't go exploring in places you're not supposed to. So when they gave me the boat later, I didn't go around exploring the world. I went, well, I already know it's on the lost continent because I was just there and I don't need anything from there. And mm-hmm. there's this whole continent that I'm not supposed to go to, I'm assuming, A, because there's no beaches to dock the boat on, and B, because they haven't told me to go there. So I'm at a high enough level, I think, I'll just move on with the story. 
So I didn't explore because I figured if there was a place I was supposed to, uh, that I could explore in that wasn't on the story beat, it would kill me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't. I think that's a shame because Nine has a lot of side quests. And I think I missed a fair number of them. You missed a lot. Like that Moogle couple that you found, um, if you keep going back with, with um, I forgot, the Koopa Nuts, if you keep feeding them to them, they have like a whole family. They keep reproducing little baby Moogles. <laughs> cute. It's really cute. I don't uh, think I found any of the Koopa Nuts though. I think if I load up my game and go into my inventory, I don't think I've got any Koopa Nuts in there. Well, if you do loads of other side quests, you'll find Koopa Nuts. Because <laughs> there's the hot and cold where you can find items with your Chocobo and then it gets to a point where you find a treasure map and you can take your Chocobo out into the world and oh, find I treasure. One. I think I got two treasure maps when I was doing hot and cold. And the more you do that, your chocobo then levels up so it can swim in shallow water and then deep water and then it can climb over mountains and then it can fly and then you can go up to like chocobo heaven and meet the fat chocobo and then you can fight osmus so there's like or there's the mini the side quest with um the guy who's collecting coffee beans or there's a side quest where you can buy loads of items at the auction in order to get excalibur later on there are loads and loads of side quests in the game but what i found really cool is the fact that it doesn't tell you that there's all of these side quests so you have to kind of either find them or learn about them for other means, not the uh, strategy guide, because that was useless. Um, and I think it's a shame that that's something that we've lost in modern games, because every side quest is just a list that you d tick off rather than naturally find. The most modern JRPG I've played is probably Dragon Quest XI. And... Oh, that was the 9 remake. Which 7 I guess remake. 7 remake, sorry. Yeah. But... <laughs> We're talking about 9. The most modern, traditional JRPG I've played okay. was Dragon Quest XI. Dragon Quest is set in its ways. It is. But no, but I'm, I'm using that as a comparison because it also had a bunch. Did it have a bunch? Of, it had side quests. And it would be kind of you'd talk to the right person in town to set them off or things mm. like that. And I guess that's somewhat how this one was. I don't know. It felt like most of the people I went to talk to just wanted to play cards with me. And I didn't like <laughs> Tetra Master enough to play. Yeah, that's fair enough. In the original game, they didn't tell you who wanted to play cards. So you had to press X with everybody if you did want to play. And so Tetra Master was a side quest I actually skipped. I didn't care about it. I played Tetra Master when the plot demanded it of me. And you won. And I won. Yay. Hooray. Yeah, completely accidentally. <laughs> actually, speaking of um, how things changed, there were a couple of other improvements, maybe? Question mark? Besides the game-breaking bug bugs that you've already talked about. Okay. So I guess apparently they updated the music. Did they? When you started playing it, and I was like, what the oh, no. heck is that? That was part of the mod. That was part of the mod? That was part of the mod. Okay. The mod adds in some of the like symphonic remixes from the various Final Fantasy IX symphony discs uh... that have come out in the two decades. Well, I didn't like that, so I'm glad you turned that off. Okay. <laughs> but they added a continue button. There is a continue button. And I'm like, in my day, I had to fight from the last Moogle. If I died during the second... Um, if I died during the last boss fight, I would have had to restart from the save point. And you just hit continue, and you could just jump right in and save half an hour worth half an hour's worth of time. I don't think it was a full half hour, but yeah. It felt like that when I was doing it. I think they also sped up the battle slightly. Oh, I set battle speed to max uh -huh. in the option menu. That'll be why then. You could do that on the original PlayStation, though. What? Yeah, if you go into any Final Fantasy game... Probably not the first three. But if you go into any Final Fantasy game and you go in the option menu, you can just turn battle speed up. Fine. Reading is difficult. <laughs> I didn't explore the menus. I was young. It's, I, I was like 12. You want to know another fun nine? thing you can do in the menu in Final Fantasy IX? 
What? So traditionally, Final Fantasy games, all the text boxes are blue. Mm-hmm. And in oh, Final yes. Fantasy IX, they're gray. Yes. But one of the things you could actually go change in the menu is change them all back to blue. <laughs> I did know you could do that. Uh, I like that little touch. And that, that actually that leads me to something that I really did enjoy about this. This game is a who's who of Where's Waldo. <laughs> who's who of Where's Waldo? For references to... For Clue to, fans. <laughs> for Clue fans. For references to old Final Fantasies. For 7 and 8, because they are... Sorry, it's a reference to classic Final Fantasies. And as I've said before, 7 and 8 were the start of the modern Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it like makes a one-off yeah, reference no. to those. But it just is loaded with references for games 1 to 6. And it was kind of fun to see which ones would come through for that and where they'd stick them in. Especially, uh, there was one that I took offense to. But other than that, it was all good. Which one? Uh, was it the Death Geist? No, that was fine. Okay. I, I, was, I didn't think he fit the story to be where he was. But no, it's when you face Zorn and Thorn, the twin psychotic jesters. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. They use the twin cast magic, mm-hmm. which was the signature spell of Palin and Porum, uh... the twins from Final Fantasy IV. And so they took the signature spell of these two amazing characters in four, and they give it to these psychotic jesters. Yeah, but they're the only twins in the game, so I guess yeah, that's why they did that. I guess. Oh, they're such good characters. Like, the way they... I don't know how the Japanese is, because I still need to play nine in Japanese, but I've played it in English like a bajillion times. But the way they do their mirrored English sentences and their rhyming schemes, it is so good and their music is fun they were fun they were fun but but you were they upset. disrespected the memory of palin and Porum. all their memories are connected no 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 <laughs> that's how they build that's why life is important so their memories can live on that's why there are so many references from one to six so many references from one to six actually that is one thing is that this is probably the last fine okay besides 16 which hasn't come out yet this was probably the last fantasy-based Final Fantasy. That's actually the next thing I wanted to say. This game had references to 1 to 6 by the boat, boatload. Mm-hmm. And it was a classical f- fantasy, fantasy Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I think also in playing it after 7, I didn't play a Final Fantasy until 14. Wow, really? I guess yeah. I guess 14 is actually pretty classical fantasy. That's what I was going to say. But is it's that... MMORPG classical fantasy. True. But it's also, I think playing 9 allowed me to better understand large portions of 14. Okay. Everything so? that the Northern Emperor, Empire does feels like Terra. Uh... As soon as I got to Terra and started talking to Garland and going through all that areas, I was having massive flashbacks to every time I went into a Castorum or whatever in 14. Just those dungeons that you'd go through with their... It's almost like... Sci-fi? Sci-fi, but it's like mm. biological sci-fi. It's mm. like just, just the way that it was made and the way that it looked and the way that the bad guys looked. And I know people say they look like the bad guys in 12, but Final Fantasy loves to steal from itself, so I'm going to assume they came from Garland's Looking 9. They were inspired. Stolen from Garland's Looking 9. Um, <laughs> but going into Terra, A, the music was great for that scene, and B, it just felt so much like a lot of the areas I'd seen in 14. And so you had this mix in 9 of this very classical fantasy from the original games and then what was to be the modern Final Fantasy, and it gave me strong 14 vibes, and I really enjoyed 14. So kind of seeing where some of that came from was a lot of fun to me. 
Actually, I realized I had made an error in my previous statement. Oh. Is that 12 is probably final is probably a fantasy based final fantasy yeah it's set in Nivellus, isn't it yes yes which is a whole other issue but mm. it's well, inspired it's not stolen <laughs> <laughs> no that one's outright stolen <laughs> but we'll talk about that one another time <laughs> so how i guess we're kind of been we've been touching on this for a little while but how do you think nine compares to other final fantasies because i Obviously, I said it was one of my first... It was my first Final Fantasy, so I had no idea about any of these other things, and it blew my mind. Whereas you've played a lot of the other Final Fantasies, and you're a lot more experienced with them. So how did how did how do you think it compared in terms of the other... Both classic and new? Oh, well, as I said, 4 is my favorite. Mm. 100% 4 is my favorite. And I'd probably put this in... Mm, I'd put this one in probably at number 3. Ooh, what's number 2? Heaven's Word. Which is the first guess, expansion for fourteen? Yeah, okay. And I really, really enjoyed Heaven's Word. It was it was similar to how you said I did for the second half of this game. I just tore through Heaven's Word without stopping, almost. I guess you could probably get back into that, then so you can play. Yeah, I've heard really good things about uh, uh, Shadows of Mordor, Shadowbringers. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> um, but if we're not including MMOs, this would probably now be my second favorite Final Fantasy, and I think. Woohoo! <laughs> I think some of that is because I really like strong characters and I do feel that five and six were weaker because they just had the Lego piece build your own character. Mm-hmm. Like each character in six had its own special ability, but you never had to worry about being without a mage mm. or anything like that. And so I did like that, even though I had my complaint that I felt that half the characters get ignored for most of the game and not. So speaking of characters, I meant to ask you this earlier, but who's your favorite character? Vivi. Maybe Steiner. Probably Vivi. But Steiner's really cool. Fair enough. Mine's Echo. Steiner has also the greatest light motif that a Final Fantasy character has ever had. Do and do that... Do do. Nope. I thought that was his. Nope. Steiner's light motif is the clink clank of his armor <laughs> as he walks across the scene. <laughs> every scene he's uh... in, like, every other character is kind of walks around, but every time he walks... Clank, 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 clank. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing he's so good and he's he really reminds me also of how i like to play paladin characters in dungeons and dragons or games like that mm-hmm. where they're really really set in their duty and they just want to do what's right but they're also kind of stupid <laughs> it's kind of like you he's like, when we watched Recreators, I'm ignoring your rudeness. When we watched Recreators, <laughs> yeah. I really complained about, I can't remember her name, but the paladin character in that. And I just said that she was being awful stupid. Yes. For plot purposes. Yes. Steiner does it correctly. He is lawful, comma, stupid. Not lawful, stupid. And I even hesitate to call him stupid because he's not stupid. It's just, he's he, bullheaded. He, he doesn't want to believe that his queen is evil. Is evil. Yeah. Yeah. And he just wants to do what's right. He he is a paladin character, which is why, you know, he's not the main character, but he's the one who gets Excalibur. And, ah, such a good character. But I do also really like Vivi. So I'm I, when there's the one bit where you split up the party in all the different directions where you were saying, uh-oh, you're stuck with Quinna, hopefully you've been using her. It, it, them. Uh, Steiner and Vivi go off to have buddy adventures together in mm. the Wind Temple or whatever it is. And I'm like, man, I want to see that scene. I still I still stand by my... Eiko was my favorite. I had a brilliant fan theory 
about Aiko. <laughs> yes, you told me today, and then you realized it was wrong. <laughs> well, so I played it in English. Yes. And you've played it forever in English. Mm-hmm. And the game, sometimes when you're playing something in English that was originally Japanese, you can see the Japanese through the English. Mm-hmm. And I think this game did a really good job of not falling into that pitfall. Yes, 100% yes. The translation in this game was fantastic. So, like, to the extent that I know it's a Japanese game and I know it was translated, but when I came up with this fan theory regarding Eiko, I forgot that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so the summons in this game, because, again, like all Final Fantasies, they're all the same, but they're all the different, they've named them Eidolons. And I was like, oh, that's really clever, because you find Eiko as the last survivor of the village of the summoners. And so I'm like... So it's this weird mental break that I had where I'm going, her name is Eiko, which is A from Eidolon and Ko to mean child. She's the child of the summoners. It it all makes perfect. So in my head, I'm going, this makes sense in Japanese. But in my head, I'm also not going, they don't call them Eidolons in Japanese. So I'm going, Eidolons, Eiko. It's a really clever and cute and childlike name, and it fits the character perfectly, and the whole thing's perfect. And then when I was like, yeah, yeah, and then I looked it up and I go, oh, there is called Phantom Beast in Japanese. They're not called Eidolons at all. This whole thing's ruined. Boo. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad they changed it to Eidolons in English. Uh, Phantom Beast is boring. Yeah, it's... it's... I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's not boring in Japanese, but if they had just translated it as Phantom Beast in English, then it would have been boring. It's generic. I mean, it's like having a giant monster and calling it a kaiju in mm. Japanese. Yeah. Or even in English. Even in English nowadays, yeah, with a how big Godzilla is just wait well, he's very big but these sense. they are Genju phantom beast I'm like okay fine whatever I'm sorry your fan theory was ruined but I was I was just like as I'm playing through the game and this hit me I'm like oh this is so cool I get it ah, ha, ha, ha. and then no no it was just me reading too much into it speaking of Elons, you made a very interesting observation that I have to 100% agree with you is that Elons are a huge part of the story yes and um so Garnet's Eidolons get stolen from her and they get used as basically weapons of mass destruction. Yes. And then, so they like tear towns apart and cities and entire fleets of navy. And it's like, oh crap, these are really powerful. And then when she finally gets her Eidolons back and she learns them and they do like 2,000 hit points of damage. They're weak, they're garbage, they're not worth it. And the fact is they don't even do enough damage unless they crit. Yeah. That and, was annoying that they have to crit in order to actually make a difference. And if they do crit, it has a much longer animation. So hypothetically, if one of the jackass annoying final bosses is cast Doom on you, uh, that Doom counter is still ticking down and you're dead. Mm. Which is, I'm guessing another reason why you didn't have her in your party. Yeah. 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 Poor much Jackie. easier to just say, hey, Aiko, I know you could cast summons, but what if you don't? Well, she had all the useful summons like Carbuncle. Phoenix. Phoenix. She had all the support. She, also, she, she had the white mage. She also summons. got Kiraga before uh, Dagger did. And she got Arise before Dagger did. And those are my two go-tos for her for most of the end game. You mean full life? Full life. Whatever they call it in this game. Full life. Life three. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bad Wes. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of giant summons destroying towns. So when they destroy Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And you see the summon Alexander. Yeah, that was so cool. The weird summon that like rises out of the sea and is, I don't know, what, the Siberian worm from SpongeBob with a giant mouth that sucks in the whole city? Oh, yeah. That was uh, from Final Fantasy V. 
Really? Yep. Oh. That one was another reference. Ha ha! The whole game's that. references. <laughs> well, Alexandria is a summoning that pops up. Alexander, sorry. Yes. Is a summon that pops up multiple times. Yes. I love that is... Um, so the the king the city of alexandria they basically summon alexander to protect alexandria and i'm like hey you know why it's called alexandria right and you're like oh <laughs> just put two of you together and got five yeah it was great <laughs> oh, i just has so many good emotional bits and i'm remembering them and starting to tear up again and it's so good oh oh Ooh, soft <laughs> yeah that bit's great oh so, but that i mean that was you have to do this whole side bit at the beginning where you have to go off and get super soft. Mm. Well, clearly, you could have just touched dagger to him. Boo. Ooh, soft. <laughs> <laughs> just rub her butt up against blank and it would have worked. <laughs> Why is your terrible? I know. So, actually, that reminds me of another question I wanted to ask you, was what was your favorite scene? Um, it's going to be after it's revealed that Zidane is another angel of death sent to destroy Gaia. And he yes. wakes up having been horribly mind controlled or horribly mind wiped because he wasn't mind wiped at all. And this music starts off and he's just see so to compare and contrast his depression with Garnet's depression. And Vivi's, but yes, Karen. And Vivi's. They make his a center point of the story. Ah uh, so you can't avoid it. Yes. It's you have to focus on it and you have to play through it. And they give it an amazing song, mm. and they give it an amazing series of battles, and they give every character in the game just amazing short little motivational speeches, mm-hmm. and it makes for an amazing scene. Meanwhile, with Garnet, her city's destroyed, her mom's dead, nobody knows what's going on, and they stick her in the back of your party, and you don't have to face it for another half hour or whatever. So by the time it comes around, you're like, oh, right, this is a thing. Yeah, it's kind of a shame Garnet ends up dealing with that on her own. I mean, even Vivi, Vivi's... who has, like, the worst depression throughout most of the game, you see him coming to terms with it slowly. Vivi even gets more than uh, Zidane. Yes. They give Vivi one of the full full motion video scenes uh, going up against the Black Waltz when mm-hmm. he kind of comes to grips with it and starts casting fire magic again. They do they do a big thing for Vivi too, and it's great because it should be. So really, Dagger just got let down. I mean, Vivi, I don't think really comes to terms with how he feels until he you get to the Black Mage and he's able to talk to the mages themselves. And yeah, I think that's a big part of his story. But I think his initial his initial like finding confidence in order to yes, fight back. Yeah, yeah. I think they do a much better job with that at the beginning. I agree. But yes, no, I have to. 100% agree with what your favorite scene is, is my favorite scene as well. <laughs> Plus, it's just, it's got a great tune it's to go with it. It's such a good tune. Ah, it's so good. Actually, the sound, I mean, again, I'm biased and I have the soundtracks and I've listened to them and I'm playing through the piano music right now and learning them. And so I'm very, very biased, but the music in Nine is so good. Yeah. It's really hard to pick out a not good tune because every single piece just fits the scene so well or the characters i also re- like the first song that really got stuck in my head was vamala flamenco hey. uh, vamala flamenco which mm-hmm. is the one that plays when you have your sword fight duel that's just because you like spanish guitars i do it's true but then they also they keep revisiting that tune throughout the game and they keep reimagining it in different ways and mm. they'll slow it down and they'll change key or whatever mm. and it always fits mm-hmm. it's great 
No, they do. They do a fantastic. Like the main theme, Melodies of Life, is the world map theme, hmm. but they've changed it up so it fits better. And they 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 repeat these same themes over and over and over again. And it, yes, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you for letting me relive Final Fantasy Nine through you for the bajillionth time, and for actually playing it and enjoying it enough to make it one of your top Final Fantasies. Yeah, I need to replay four. I'm gonna replay it from the beginning, and then maybe we could talk about it. Sure. I mean, and so it's like, before anyone comes at me in the end, it's like, well, what about this one? Or what about that one? I really think that think games like Six have a great story. I just think that it character-wise has some of the same problems as Nine, and that so many of your characters just sit around not doing anything and not directly impacting for a while, mm. that it's kind of like, eh, why are you here? Because again, in Six, the story really comes down to... I've not played it. That's the one we're going to play... Coming soonish up. yeah but but it, like nine the main thrust of the story centers around a few key characters mm. and you've got 12 party members no you've got 14 party members in, in six game. in six there's i think 14 party members you're kidding no what and in the final dungeon you've got to use at least 12 of them 12 yes what the heck yeah well so, no wonder they didn't want to do that again so it kind of falls apart at some level because you can't keep that many characters no. under control or tied into a story i mean as we saw in nine you have eight characters and that that's a and struggle half of them go off yeah uh i guess that's probably why in 15 they only have four characters <laughs> in 14 two of them uh, i'm sorry in six i was saying there's 12 and then 14 that's because two are optional oh, okay like actually optional oh so kind of like seven where you have two maybe entirely th- optional characters maybe three are optional I'd have to replay six. But but that's still, that's a lot of characters. That's an insane number of characters. And most of them just spend the, to use the old joke, most of them you just chuck on the airship and forget about them. Whoops. So it's got a great story, but Not short and sweet characters. is good. Yeah, when I think about the other Final Fantasies, like the fact that 15, the story is split over... Seven DLC, <laughs> two movies, a novel. It's just like, no. And in 13, the fact that you have three 13 games. And the kidding. first one is, I'm not even going to apologize, boring as shit, <laughs> with the most esoteric crap I've ever had the misfortune of reading. It's like, what happened to all the good stories? I I'm hate s- to say it, but seven... Seven is the game that people call, like, the rebirth of Final Fantasy, but it's also the beginning of the end. Because every single Final Fantasy since then is trying to be seven. Yeah. And when you look at what they did when they remade seven, yeah. they took the lesson, they took the wrong lessons learned from it <laughs> and expounded upon them. But it sold, so. I'm, I'm really glad, though, that Yoshi P is in charge of 16, because I'm really hoping, because I loved 15, I enjoyed it, but the story was crap. So I'm really hoping that Yoshi P can bring back the classic Final Fantasy stories and a really strong narrative. He saved 14. Yeah. And if they if they do what they did with 15 and you have to download a bunch of DLCs, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm really Final glad you like Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. I do. I, uh, yeah, I love the Final Fantasy series, but I also, it's a love-hate relationship. Not as bad as Kingdom Hearts, but... We won't get started on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you enjoyed 9. And we're going to play another Final Fantasy. 
that you haven't played and I haven't played in forever next, and then maybe we'll talk about it again. Yeah. Slowly over the course of Ota Fususume, we will just end up reviewing a lot of Final Fantasies, I guess. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, thanks for listening. You can find us at anybroscreative.com. You can find us on Twitter at anybroscreative. And if you enjoyed this episode and know another Final Fantasy IX fan who might appreciate or completely disagree with our rants, feel free to pass it on to them, as well as leave a comment. If on the you... website or on Twitter, and we will try to say something snarky back. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Wesley. I've been Jen. Bye! Bye!